0: So today we are in John chapter 1. I'm going to read uh, verse 14, the first half again, and then we're going to add the second half of verse 14. Verse 14 is a power-packed verse. It's kind of on everything that's come before it. It's been built up, and here's some really important stuff. Yesterday we read, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. God tabernacled among us in Jesus. We have seen His glory. The glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So in this beginning of John, we've seen some big claims. Jesus is the word that was at creation with God. Jesus is God. Jesus has always been. Jesus isn't some afterthought so that we can be saved. But Jesus is the word that was with God. And it says here, we have seen the glory of the one and only Son of God. This Messiah, this anointed one, this one who came from God to earth, the Son of God. We've seen his glory. And then there's this, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. I want to focus on that today because in our world, in this Christian uh culture that we're in right now, the word grace, we love that word. We believe that God has grace for everyone. And that is true. We also believe that even after you've been a Christian, if you stumble, God has grace for you. That God's grace is the only thing that keeps us living this Christian life. And so I believe that wholeheartedly. I preach that all the time. I think sometimes we have minimized grace. We don't even understand grace. I think sometimes we think God is using the same systems we use to judge us, like if you measure up, if you do well, and and we we discredit grace. But there's also the side of it where many people kind of have taken this grace almost for granted, uh, what Dietrich Bonhoeffer called uh, cheap grace, just grace, I'm just going to receive grace. Now just keep sinning and I'll receive more grace. And so it's very important that Jesus came bringing grace. It's so important. We read in John chapter 3 not too long ago that Jesus didn't come to condemn the world, but to save the world. Jesus comes and we see him eating with tax collectors and sinners, even Pharisees too, and, and prostitutes, everyone, and offering grace to all who will receive it. So Jesus never kind of comes after the person. Jesus wants to transform the person by his love, by his mercy, by his grace. We, we kind of condemn people. We judge people. Uh, we put large loads that people can't even bear, it says, when we try to force the law on them before they're ready for it. But Jesus comes with mercy. Jesus comes with forgiveness. Jesus comes with grace jesus comes not in condemnation it's so funny because when when peter denies him three times the next time jesus sees him he doesn't even bring it up he doesn't even bring it up and he just asks peter do you love me so jesus comes full of grace it says i mean grace more than you can imagine full grace grace for everything you've ever done but jesus also comes in truth And this is something that hit me the last time I read this passage. It was actually, I was teaching a class, and we do this thing called Lectio Divina, which is divine reading. It's a slow reading where you just watch for words that jump off the page at you, and then you kind of think about what those words mean. And what jumped off the page at me for the first time as I read this is this idea of truth. We don't like truth as much. We think your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth. But there is this thing called truth. There are things that are right. There are things that are wrong. There are things that are true. There are things that are false. It is, we all know it deep down inside. We may kind of balk at that. We may push back. Our society definitely does. But we all know, like, if someone stabs you in the back, that person is not the hero of the story, right? We know that. We know what truth is. And Jesus comes full of truth also. So here on one hand, Jesus comes full of grace, but Jesus also comes full of truth. Now here's what hit me that I hadn't noticed before. The grace is the freedom from guilt and shame and sin. It's at least that. It's more than that, but it's at least that. Grace is freedom from guilt and shame of all of our sin. Truth is the freedom to live. Truth is freedom as well, because when we don't live in the truth, we're living in non-reality. We're living in what Thomas Merton would call the false self, and the false self is simply just that ego that everybody puts out for everybody else to see. It's that thing that we want people to think about us, but it's not really the real us. It's an image. It's a mask, if you will, and many people just spend our—I should say I've done this many times, so not just many people— We spend much of our time trying to put on this false self for people, trying to impress people, trying to be accepted, trying to be loved. And Jesus comes in truth, and Jesus says, if you'll live in truth, if you'll live in the ways that I'm calling you to live, that is freedom. You will know the truth, as the scripture says, and the truth will set you free. And this is the thing. Grace is freedom from sin, guilt, shame, our past. Truth is freedom to live right now. If we step out into truth, we don't have to worry about being bogged down by all the lies, all the false reality. We can live as true, real human beings in this world right now. As the the humans that God created us to be. That true self that lies under the false self. Now, let me tell you something. It's going to take you a whole lifetime to work through the the lies that we've been telling ourselves our whole life. But Jesus comes to set us free from those and to help us to live in truth. So Jesus is truth. Jesus speaks truth. So when Jesus says something like, you know, you've heard it said, don't murder. But I say to you, don't even be angry with someone. That sounds really restrictive. It sounds like, I don't know if I can do that, Jesus. Like, how can I not be angry with people? But the truth is, That if you will let go of that anger, you'll be free. Same way with lust. He goes on to talk about adultery and lust. And he talks about all these things in the Sermon on the Mount. But God's ultimate will for you is your freedom. So grace, freedom from your past, from your guilt, your shame. Grace is more than that, but it's at least that. And then truth is freedom to live today. It's the freedom to not have to tell the lie. It's the freedom to be okay with who God created you to be. It's the freedom to not have to hold on to anger. It's the freedom to not have to treat someone like an object and be addicted to that lustful cycle. It is freedom. Truth is freedom for us as well. Grace is freedom, forgiveness, guilt, shame. Truth is freedom for your living today. I hope that you will see that what God wants for you is real, full, abundant life. And that as we receive his mercy, we we receive that grace, that forgiveness for our sin, for our shame. We receive enough grace to live for today. We receive the grace that empowers us to have the strength to live in truth. We, We receive all that God is and all that God wants for us. And then as we live in truth, we are just free to live. We don't have to protect ourselves. We don't have to live in fear because we know we are held in God's hand. We are God's child and we can just be our true selves without getting bogged down, bogged down by holding on to anger and holding on to things like lust and, and revenge and, and hating our enemies and all those things. We can live in freedom when we live by God's truth. So I hope today you will know that God's grace is for you. And Jesus came full of grace, this scripture says. But Jesus also came full of truth. And when we often think that truth is restrictive, it's going to keep us from having any fun. The the exact opposite is true. That truth allows us to be free to move about in this world without all the baggage that we often carry. Hey, that's just a thought for this morning. And I hope you have a great day.